Welcome to Season 2 of Coastal Currents with Aaron Reed. This season is dedicated to interviews with mayoral and city council candidates running for the city of Powell River within the Cothed region during the 2022 municipal election. Here's your host, Aaron Reed. Welcome to Coastal Currents with Aaron Reed. Today's episode covers Mr. Luke Hollabuck, who is running for city council for the city of Powell River. This is Luke's submission. Born and raised here in Powell River, I'm a cranberry kid at heart. Growing up on Haslam Street, we spend a lot of time riding bikes around the lake and town site, swimming in Mowat Bay, riding the backcountry. I have a deep appreciation and honour the forests and waterways that we call home. I left Powell River when I was 22, venturing all over BC and Alberta for the next 20 years, working as a chef and tree planter to begin my income-earning life. I learned a lot about work ethics and the value of my time. From there, I took a steam-fitting apprenticeship with an oil field construction company, where I soon became a construction supervisor building gas plants and pipelines throughout central Alberta and BC. This is where I was taught many perspectives on safety, environmental stewardship, quality control, people management, communications between several unique parties that need to agree on getting things done, which takes a lot of good listening skills, open-mindedness, patience, and humility. My goals as counselor are to improve communication within government and our community, bridge the gap, and try to quell misinformation on all topics. Increase recycling and reduce single-use products and packaging. This is a very large problem with shipping waste in our world and our isolated community. To work together with my fellow counselors to give our community the best advantage we can to prosper and live abundant, environmentally sustainable lives without sole reliance on outside supply chains. Please join me in welcoming Mr. Luke Hollabuck. It's great meeting you, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the podcast, Luke. Thank you. So today in the studio with me is Luke Hollabuck. Luke is running for city council. City council. Mm -hmm. And so let's start with, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and where you grew up and... And that kind of thing. And all that good stuff. Okay, yeah. well, I'm a Cranberry kid at heart, so we grew up behind the lake on Hazem, Hazem Lake Road, so that was pretty fun. I uh, got many scars from riding my bike down that hill <laughs> and not stopping with my feet. Ouch. <laughs> right here. Uh, yeah, I did that. Um, my parents were the caretaker of Haywire Bay Campground when I was seven years old oh, until really? about 13, so I got to spend all of my summers up there, which was pretty great. No you doubt. Know, a lot of swimming. My mom used to rent canoes, so we did a lot of water stuff, and dad had a boat, so we did a lot of water skiing. Nice. Yeah, then we moved to town, and my parents got a cabin at the lake, and we never seen them again. We were just gone. <laughs> right? <laughs> You guys are old enough to fend for yourselves. We're out of here. <laughs> We're going. Yeah. Actually, that's funny. We're doing that to our kids right now. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty good. I, uh, yeah, I basically started cooking when I was young. So I started working in restaurants, right? Mm. So did that in quite a few different restaurants in town here for, yeah, all my teenage life through school and then after school and then got a job tree planting and I went out tree planting. Yeah. I did that for years. So then I would cook in the winter. And tree planting in the spring and fall. Wow. Yeah. So I traveled all around BC and Alberta doing that. And yeah, two very hardworking jobs. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Where was the first restaurant you worked in? My first restaurant was the Viva with uh, Telesavetis. Really? Yeah. So the Master Blaster got me doing that. Back in the day. Back in the day, swinging pizzas. And then when he opened up Snickers, I went and worked there for a little while. Okay. Yeah, it was very fun. Did you have a big family? Uh, myself, no, or, just two sisters. Okay. 
Yeah, well, we come from a big family. Like my mom's got uh, what seven sisters and three brothers, and my dad's got five brothers. So a lot of cousins. Okay. A lot of people. So you were born here then too, hey? Yep. Okay. Here I am. Yeah. Well, can I say I was born here if I had complications, had to get flown to Vancouver and then flown back? Hmm, interesting. Yeah. So I was like, eh, not really born here, but... You were made here. I was made here. <laughs> I was almost born here. And then I flew away and came back the next day. Wow. So yeah, that's my story. So born in Vancouver then? Born in Vancouver. But... Yeah, it's that, I'm still local. You know what? I've never thought of I've never thought about that before when we talk about where we're born and that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah it's funny you bring that up. Interesting. Yeah. But I was here like since I was one day old. Right. Yeah. I mean, this we're is home. Go with that. Yeah. yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> My other question was, what type of work or jobs have you held? So we've covered. Uh, yeah, I've early. worn a lot of different costumes in my life. Yeah, so I've done tree planting. I was a cook. Uh, I did tires, was a mechanics helper. Uh, you know, I got my gas ticket. I worked as a steam fitter out in the oil and gas industry. So not like Fort McMurray that people think oil and gas comes from only. Yeah. There's a whole infrastructure between Edmonton and the USA border. Okay. So all through there and all in BC, like where you up by Fort St. John and, and up around there, right? Lots of that. Yeah. So I did that for many, many years, um, which was fun. I learned a lot. It was great to get out of town and go do that. You know, good to shed my, my high school skin. Mm-hmm. And get a trade. Uh, yeah, met a lovely lady, had a couple of kids, bought a ranch, raised horses, had dogs, cats, all that kind of stuff. You know, wow. used to be a rancher, so I had. Where'd you have a ranch? Over in uh, Rocky Mountain House, Alberta. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I had a quarter section over there. It was pretty nice. Yeah. And then we moved out of there and got a little five acre plot up by uh, Edson, Alberta, between Edson and Hinton on Highway 16. Okay. So I lived up there for a while and then just, yeah, got out of Alberta. Just said enough of that. Lots of snow. Lots of snow. Lots of cold. Yeah. But the days are gorgeous. Like, they're lots of blue sky. Okay. Right? Maybe minus 20, but it's blue sky all the time. Right. And, then, and that's what I miss in our winters is we get a lot of gray. A lot of gray. A lot, a lot of, of gray. cold. Yeah. Yeah. So, I do miss just the open country out there. I just miss driving for an hour and not going anywhere. Right. You know, which is nice. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. But I do love it here. Don't get me wrong. It's I always knew I loved it in Powell River. It was this has been my home from the start. Right. So you what? How did you get back here? Uh, randomly. Oh. Yeah. Random. Just finished putting in a boiler up at the Gorman Sawmill in Kelowna and came down for a vacation. Met a girl, had a little summer fling, and it was like, okay, I guess I'm staying. Really? Yeah. And here I am. Wow. <laughs> and I just moved back. And it was very, uh, very much a random serendipitous thing. And my life just got increasingly better every day that I came back. And really? It's been better every single day, like exponentially. Yeah. That's yeah, incredible. I can honestly say that. Really? Yeah. Like my soul, my heart, my head, mental, spiritual, everything. Wow. Physical. Yeah. How long have you been back? Six years now. Six years. Yeah. Okay. So it's been good. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, no, I got a great That's life. good to hear. I'm so happy. <laughs> It's a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. Like I do chimneys and wood stoves now, and I do gas stoves, and I do gas work, and I'm always in a fairly precarious position. Like I'm on a twelve twelve pitch tin roof in the rain uh. by myself. You know, it's, it's scary and dangerous, but awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> and self-employed, right? You have your own company? Very much so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Red, Red's gas fitting. So if you see a big cube van with a caveman on it, that's me. A caveman. So what made you come up with that? Because <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Because <laughs> I put a smile on my face. I was trying to come up with something serious and all professional and stuff. And I was like, you know, I just... I need, I need to laugh every day. Like, I just need people to look at it and laugh and go, cool. Right. Because that's all it is, you know? Gotta not take ourselves so seriously. Just step back a bit. Have a breath. Laugh. Yeah. It's okay. I got you. Awesome. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I like so, that. Yeah. Um, so, what neighborhood do you live in here now? Westview. Westview. Someone Huntington. Okay. So, yeah. what made you choose? Um, that's where she lived. And oh. I like her, so... <laughs> I moved in with her. I'm like, you're amazing. I think I'm going to stay with you because you, yeah, you're awesome. <laughs> I think that's how, how a courtship should be, right? Hi, I'm Luke. You're awesome. <laughs> you're awesome. Can I move in and stay? I'll do dishes. I can cook. I'm a great masseuse. You know, three things, right? You know, yeah. I can clean and vacuum and stuff. So. We like that. <laughs> We do like that. <laughs> so, what are your what are your favorite places to spend time in Power River? Oh well, so we do a lot of walking around Hazem Lake. Uh, we'll go down to the shingle mill with a dog. We'll go out to the A frame, go for a swim. Um, where else do we go? Yeah, down to Willingdon, do a lot of Willingdon Beach Trail walking. A lot of the ocean side. Uh, we'll go sit up the school board district and watch the sun go down. Yeah. yeah have you done that? Not from there, actually. Yeah, no. If I was ever up there, it was in a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell anyone, but it's amazing. <laughs> the secret might get out it's a now. Secret. <laughs> don't tell anybody. <laughs> Willingdon's a pretty awesome place to watch a sunset, too. It certainly is. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly is. Well, I think everywhere in Power is amazing to watch a sunset, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, it's one of our, it's the keys, right? We have smoky skies right now, and the only good thing I think about it is it makes the sunsets yeah. crazy. Crazy. But yeah. otherwise, it's not so great, but... So cool. what made you decide to put your name in for city council? I mean, life's going great, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just it. You know, when life is good, it's good to share it. Okay. You know, I, I know a lot of people that are struggling and a lot of people that are not struggling. But um, either way, it's time to just get out and stretch out, you know, and be a part of the community. I love working with people. I see people every single day, new strangers. You know, um, I found myself, it's really easy for me to get people to open up. You know, to share with me yeah. you know, their most intimate stuff, you know, in their life, and I can talk to them. I'm a good listener. Um, I do care about Power quite a bit. It is my hometown. And honestly, it's just time for me to grow in that direction, to share my, I guess, my soul with the town, right? Because I think I'm, I've got a world of experience, right? I've got, I've wore a lot of costumes in my life. Yeah. You know, and I've got a lot of different perspectives, and I'm not overly biased on much. You know, I'm very much. I've got my ideas, right? Yeah. But the thing about council, it's not about me, right? It's about listening to the people and bringing it in and, you know, help guide the council in the right direction that I think we should go in. And I think we should go in a more sustainable direction. That's where I stand anyway. Okay. Does that sound right? Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. When, which way, when you say sustainable, are you meaning spending-wise, environment-wise, all of the above? All of the above. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really easy for people to get caught up in their own uh, specific directional perspective, right? They're like, hey, I walk here every day. We should clean this up, you know, because this is the only street I see ever, right. you know. So they're going to come in and they're going to ask for, for that, which I think is great. But there's also 10,000 other people with streets that 
are about the same. Yeah. Right. So it's about looking at power as a whole. If we hear, hey, the streets suck. Well, yeah, they do. Where's all the sidewalks? Well, we don't have any. You know, what are we doing about it? Well, that's a good question. You know, and do we have the money for that? You know, there's a lot of infrastructure projects going on right now. And they're looking to spend a lot of money right now mm-hmm. on a lot of big projects. And we do need them. You know, these have been in the works for years and years and years. They're not just surprise. I don't think we can, you know, just start throwing money out at everything. But it's, where am I going with this question? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. And that, that brings me to, so what other issues are top of mind for you coming into the election? What are the things that are, you know... That are on my mind. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I've been trying to think about that. There's so many. I've been really pushing it out there. I hate to say I don't have anything specifically um, forward thinking. I'd like to see more people get help that they need. I think uh, mental illness in this town is a pretty serious issue. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's just the people we see walking on the street. There's so many people that are living in their homes that don't ask for help. They don't get out and get help. Uh, they sit and they suffer on themselves. Finding some way to connect people with people, you know, and I, it's just such a, a funny place we live in this world right now with, you know, such a, an attraction for internet, you know, and being distracted. Yeah. You know, there's so much of that. And then coming out of that screen shock and then trying to face the world. And it's like, okay, who's this guy? Yeah. You know, and they run right back in there. Or there's just, you know, I run into a lot of elderlies, like a lot of elderly people that are just. They're kind of scared. You know, they, they look around, they're getting older. They've got a whole big house that they're trying to look after. And, you know, they, they talk to themselves, you know, their yeah. groups. But there's a lot of people with COVID that have just become extremely lonely. Right. You know, they're really locked up in their own little place. Um, so there's definitely room for programs within our community to invite them out. You know, get people out. Get them away from the TV and the, the screens. Right? Yeah. Give them an opportunity to get out there and talk to other people. You know, express their their ideas and their perspectives because we all have something to add. Yeah, I believe for that's, sure. And there's a lot of there's a wealth of knowledge within our community that we're just not tapped into, like so much of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's so many skills. I agree. And, yeah, yeah. There's so many people that we have no concept even exist here. And there's like this amazing writer. You're like, what? Where'd you come from? <laughs> I just wrote seven books. I'm good. I'm a millionaire. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know. And you are who? <laughs> <laughs> right? I just, I just come here to be left alone, thanks. That's great. So you kind of covered it a little bit, but are there certain strengths that you possess that you feel like would be really valuable around the council table? Mm-hmm. Yes, I believe I'm, I can see things from different perspectives and I can understand where people are coming from. I'm, a very, I'm very good at understanding what people are trying to say and what they're trying to get across. Right? I can see that and I can see it quickly. You know, I can, I'm also a really quick reader, like a fast reader, so I can, oh, there you go. I can read things really fast. <laughs> There's a lot of reading. <laughs> There's a lot of reading. <laughs> There's a lot of reading. Um, and I'm, I, I can work with everybody. I feel like I'm really good at working with people, right? And I think that's important, working with people. And yeah, like we're here as a council to, to help, right? Yeah. And it's not our job to say, well, this is what we want to do. It's our job to take in the information from communities within and the people and listen and say, okay, yeah, no, I see where you're coming from. Or, you know, that seems a bit frivolous. Like, that seems really personally driven. Right. We should really keep that in check. Yeah. There's a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads me to the next question, because when you get 
what we hope is a variety of people at the table because that's where you get the best perspectives from is when you get a good varied level of people at the table then there's often conflict so how do you deal with conflict Hmm. very well okay yeah very well yeah (laughs) (laughs) every conflict is unique of course right right you know a lot of it is just people's personal fears that are being pushing the energy that comes out of their mouths right you know and they have a they obviously have something that's bothering them or they have something that they're passionate about and why are they passionate about it you know let's 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 open that box you know what's going on in there right and so how is this going to help us or how is it not going to help us you know and it's there's a there's a lot of politic politically correct adjectives out there that get in the way right there's a lot of well we can't say that why can't we say that well we're gonna we're gonna offend that person why well because they don't like hearing that word well then that's great we're not going to use that word but there's other ways to say things that they're actually going to hear it right you need to tell somebody to be quiet there's there's many ways to say that. Does that answer your question? It does. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Our youth aren't able to vote. However, they are an important part of our community. And we have little for them to do outside of sports, arts, and outdoor activities. Many teens and young adults aren't into those things. Do you have any ideas of ways we can address the lack of spaces for teens and young adults to hang out and be better supported? Well, it's all about what teens want to do. Right. Yeah. And that's a very important thing is keeping our teens and our youth with a purpose, give them something to do because idle hands bring out the devil's ideas. And yeah. the problem with that is it's very easy now with our very, very small world that they are now going to do anything and everything. And it's quite dangerous because the plethora of chemical substances that are floating around in the streets and people that are honestly looking to hurt them, Yeah, you know, and there's a profit to be made there and it sucks. Yeah. So how do we teach them to to know that, but yet not have the stupid curiosity to back it up? Yeah. Because I've seen a lot of teens that go out there, and they know, you know, they shouldn't leave all the nails after they have the pallet party. They know that, but yet they still do it. You know, or they smash the glass on the beach, and they leave the cans and the garbage in the bush. They know they're not supposed to. So what's the incentive not to? What is the discipline? What is it? You know, is it our judicial system? We got to... I'm sorry, I'm going on a rabbit hole there. You know, <laughs> it's... It's definitely keep them busy, you know, give them activities. Well, kids are right in the screens nowadays. There's so many games out there, of course, right? You know, it's not a bad thing to have a room with 10 screens in it, great big ones, 55 inch, all with video games that kids can come and play together, but it's in public. There's big windows, you know, and there's competitions and it's a place to go. It's like an arcade. That's, but, that's exactly what I was thinking about. When I was young, we had an arcade. We used to hang out there. Totally. Yeah. Right? And of course, there are bad things that happen, but if it's managed, it's managed. But kids need, they have a lot of energy, right? Yeah. They need to smash stuff. <laughs> they really do, right? So wouldn't it be nice to just get a couple of hammers and go smash a car, but for charity? You know, there's just there's so many things we can do, but it's effort, right? Yeah. Our parents, like you and I, have to work full time just to keep the house going. And then our kids are like, what about us? Well, come along, you know? They're like, no, it's lame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that question actually came from youth. I asked, what what would you want me to ask potential city councillors? And that was one of the things that they had was, you know what? There's nothing for us to do. If I'm not in sports all the time or the arts all the time, or if I'm not in dance, mm-hmm. when it's Friday night and I want to hang out, the mm-hmm. mall's not open, mm-hmm. there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere so to go. where do we go? the beach and have a party 
You know, it's unfortunate that the old Savon's a tennis court because what a great location to get people together. Right downtown, huge space there. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, tennis is great. Where else do we have a space like that? Yeah. Super value. Was it super value? Yeah. Oh, not Savon. Not Savon. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I knew what you meant. Yes, totally. (laughs) So the other thing I was going to ask about have you read the 94 Calls to Action put out by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada? And how do you think our city is doing? with regards to truth and reconciliation? Hmm, That's a good question. No, I have not read that. Okay. So I don't know how to answer that. How are we doing? I think we're doing pretty great. You know, I think we're doing pretty great. There's a lot going on with that. Hey, like there's a whole big political spectrum there for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot going on there. Lots with, uh, with everything. And I get it. I totally get it. And I very much support it. How, how do you reconcile, you know, devastation like that within a community? Like, takes time, takes yeah. patience, takes understanding, takes learning. It also takes a lot from them as well. That takes a lot, I guess, but it takes a lot for them to heal what they've gone through. Because like anybody that's suffered with any kind of trauma or in their family, there's some strong bonds to that pain. Yeah. You know, and if they don't have the means or the, I call them processes, right? People need a process to work through their pain. You know, just talking it out a lot of times just reinforces that pain. There's a process that needs to be worked through that. And so giving them, or all of us, you know, these processes and giving them an opportunity to work through that, you know, I think that's something that's really important with all of us, Yeah. you know, and then once we let go of that pain and it just is gone, you know, the roots of that are gone. Wow. Do we ever see things differently? Yeah. You know, and then we're not trying to carry it forward. We can focus on today and in the future. That's how I see it. Okay. You're wailing through my questions here. Yeah. like. (laughs) Like that. <laughs> One major concern of many electors is rising taxes. Do you have any ideas on how taxation can be held without cutting current services? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. Here in Power River, we don't have a big industry that everybody's focused on anymore. You know, about 100 years ago, the mill ran the town because it was the mill. Yeah. Even 50 years ago. Of course, now there's no mill, so there's no focus. Our focus has changed away from a mill-driven society. So now it's a free run of retirement, people working from home. We've got a lot of semi-retired people that have sold their property somewhere else and come here and are making a beautiful life. Yeah. You know, um, so how do we pay for it? Well, such a beautiful little gem here, this pearl on the coast. Sure, we can bring some big, filthy industry back to town and then what? Yeah. Fight over it? Or... You know, do we all pull together and say, well, this is where we live. This is how much it costs to live here, right? How do we cut our costs in different locations? You know, can we, when I say sustainability, community sustainability, I think, you know, we rely on outside trucking to bring in our goods and services and lots of them, yeah. right? We still have some great farms here. They produce a lot of local produce, right? Which is fantastic. People eat a lot less meat. There's a lot more vegetables to eat. How do we store those? Kind of hard, unless they're root vegetables, right? Yeah. You know, do we have, like, how do we set up for year-round growing within our communities? Like, I would love to see 200-foot-long greenhouses, you know? Yeah. That run on heat pumps. That'd be great. Hmm. You know, wouldn't that be nice? 
you know, all that power that's coming from the mill. Why don't we just ship that into greenhouse power? We have that whole mill site. Hey, let's just grow vegetables there all year round. You know, wouldn't vegetable that be great? Vegetable garden on the waterfront. That'd be vegetable nice. Vegetable garden on the waterfront. <laughs> Bring everybody down there. Lots of parking. Yeah, right? right. You know, getting people thinking differently about how economics works when it comes to surviving. You know, changing people's viewpoints on stuff. Right? How to be sustainable as a human being. And within that, within a community, yeah. how do you feed yourself? What do you eat? You know, what are you doing? Like, are you just eating Cheetos because you're bored? Yes, I am. And they're fantastic, by the <laughs> how way. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? like, which is okay, you know, but you still got to come up with some money to go down to 7-Eleven and get that. So when it comes to taxes in this town, you know, we get a lot of funding from the provincial government for these big infrastructure programs, of course, but they all got to go somewhere. You know, we've got to, when I look around, I hear about crime, but I only hear about crime in one area of town, nowhere else, right? Little bits. I think you're always going to have crime, every part of every town. It's little teenagers being just dicks, right? However, you know, our parks are clean. We have nice clean trails. Our lakes are clean and we have the best water in the world. Yeah. I can walk at any time, anywhere in this town and not feel in danger. Yeah, I may be scared by a bear, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, so this is a very, very safe town. And if I look around, I think, you know what? Our taxes are going pretty good. Like every park, the it's mowed. There's no big destroyed stairs or sidewalks everywhere. The roads, well, the roads are roads, right? Yeah. You know, like it's pretty great, honestly. Our money's going in a, in a good direction. And of course, we're going to complain because it's they're expensive. Yeah. However, that's the way the world is. It's really expensive right now. Truth. Yeah. So that leads me into the proposed spending for the new emergency services center. It's a kind of a contentious topic right now. Where do you stand on the emergency services center? <laughs> that is a very good question. Where do I stand on that? I believe that upgrading to a sophisticated upgraded facility is warranted. I would like to see smaller vehicles driving around when they get called for a 911 call. Unless it's for a fire. I don't think a fire truck should be bombing around town. Something smaller. Maybe turn the sirens down a little bit. They're pretty loud. Um, where am I going with that? <laughs> Seven and a half million, hey? Yeah. It's a lot. But really, you know, um, it's 400 square feet or $400 a square foot to build a plain house nowadays. You know, like for a thousand square, thousand square foot house is $400,000. Wow. That's crazy. You know, so let's just do the comparison, I guess. If you're going to park three big trucks in there, you're going to have a training facility, you're going to have offices, you're going to have more first aid capable people that are running there. Um, you're going to attract quality people that are going to look after us. Right. right? That's the thing, right? You're, you're setting us up for the future because it's going to be you and I that are going to be working, not working out of there, but looking for that services when we get older in the next 10 to 20 years. Yeah. Right. 20 years, I'm almost 70. I want something that's going to be nice and upgraded, right? <laughs> I really do. You know, and it's if it's something we got to pay for for the next 20 years, well, it's something we got to pay for, I guess. We're doing it for the sewage treatment, so. We're doing it. And that's a poopy situation. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you did there. <laughs> How about affordable housing? Do you think council has any play in that at all? I think land use management is really important when it comes to that. Uh, location, location, location. Um, we're going to have to get to that time of our town's life where we go above four stories. 
I think that's just, it's inevitable. And I think we're going to have to start doing that. Where we start doing that, that's a good question. Right. You know, where do we start growing taller? Because we need affordable housing. And with that uh, flip side, of course, there is a lot of homes in this town that are owned by a lot of elderly couples or just single elderly people that are in their late 70s, 80s, and 90s that are holding on to a five-bedroom house. And they're paying a lot of taxes for that house. Right. Right? Without much opportunity to go elsewhere, really. Well, that's another one too, right? Yeah. So it's it's both sides of the coin. We've got young people coming into the housing market, you know, between 20 and 25 that can't afford a house, yeah. obviously. And we've got older people that need to get out of their houses and get back, you know, into a more sustainable way of living that's comfortable. They're not alone. They're with help. Right. So on both sides of the, the spectrum is very important. I can see that. We have enough homes here right for families we have tons of homes for families we need to get people in the right homes makes sense yeah so i'd like to see more elderly care homes for people to transition through their lives i'd like to see a lot more uh, smaller apartments for single younger people well insulated because they're going to be screaming at their computers at three in the morning while they're playing Call of Duty. Clearly you're listening to my kids. <laughs> we all have children like that, you know, and okay, it's time to turn the power off. <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned crime and uh, and feeling safe because for a lot of people, they don't because of a lot of the crime that's been happening and feeling quite helpless, especially with the theft that's going on. And people, you know, RCMP are doing their best, but people are getting put into the court and then they're popped back out again. So do you think council has a role to play in that at all? No, there's nothing we can do about that. That is a provincial law thing. We can pass bylaws all day long, but it's the it's the penalty for the crime you pay. You know, and a lot of this stuff is just petty petty theft by the same ten people. Right. You know, and they're still doing it. We can't just ship them off to Kelowna or Vancouver. They're going to do it there. They don't want that crap either. How do we, like I said about uh, earlier, about emotional issues that people are having? You know, drugs are a very serious issue, yeah. and it comes from helplessness, comes from despair, comes from not feeling very good, comes from everything. Once we get people through programs, processes to release that pain, that's the big one. It's the pain that people carry, and we all have it. Every single one of us. We just deal with it differently. Yeah. Right. And that's it. It's a, it's a fine line because we want to help everyone. But then everyone's like, well, what about Jim over here? He works 90 hours a week. You know, he busts his butt and he's just paying all these taxes and he doesn't he doesn't have time to complain about how he feels. Right. You know, when you got Johnny over here, he spends 100% of his time walking the streets because he's got nothing to do. He chooses not to work because it's easier for him to ride the system. You yeah. Know? Or we got Mary over here that's 80 years old, all alone and lonely. Right? Like so who gets the who gets it first or who gets it more? Like it's that's the fine line, right? Yeah. It's like it's the squeaky wheel. It's the ones that everyone sees. You know, and then everyone complains why are we giving these guys money? Because no one else is asking for it. Or no one else you know, they just don't want to be a bother. I don't want to be a bother. Yeah. I don't want to be that way. How do we encourage people to stand up and say, Yeah, you know what, we we all suck. Like let's work together here. Yeah. And that person that's walking around stealing your stuff? He's only doing it because, well, he's got nothing else to do. So let's maybe give them something to do. Is there something that we can do with that? I know there's a lot of places that you could use people cutting wood. Yeah. You know, sweeping the sidewalks, digging a ditch somewhere. I don't know. Like, it's hard labor with a chain gang. Like, 
but it's not such a bad thing, is it? Yeah. No. Right? Like, it's it's not like we're beating these guys down. We're giving them something to do. Yeah. You know, it's not, we're not taking a job away from our, our municipal workers either. Let's just give them something horrible, <laughs> you know, that they don't want to do ever again. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but... You know, I'm sure there's a lot of rocks to sort, squared sure around. The workers could tell you the stuff they don't <laughs> want to do. There's lots of stuff that people don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. Right? I don't know. I don't know how to to lead the the charge on that one. And there's a lot of human rights people that'll think that's just abuse of rights. But I think that's just a skew of perspective there. You know, we all have respect, right? Yeah. And teaching people respect by giving them something to do, especially hard labor, puts them to sleep at night yeah. and they wake up refreshed. And they have a different point of view. They're not, they're, not all, they're not up all night doing methamphetamines. Yes. And the irony's not lost on me that we were having a very serious conversation and all I could hear was the ice cream truck in I the know, background. It was fantastic. Welcome <laughs> to the city here. <laughs> My last question that I have, and we're above schedule here, but it's a doozy. Name change. Name change. Let's have at it. Let's do it. Hey. How do you feel about the whole name change thing? Hmm. Well... I grew up in Powell River. There's a lot of heritage here in Powell River, mm -hmm. right? And I believe that we would be... I'm not for it. I'm going to keep it Powell River. I understand that, you know, Dr. Powell was a crappy person from that perspective, mm -hmm. right? I get it. I think there's uh, there's more to the story, obviously, right? I don't know all the story. I don't know all the history of all the people. I don't think everybody's super shiny and, and awesome all the time. I think yeah. there's a lot of darkness out there, too, that... We're just smothering with happiness. Um, yeah, I'm for Powell River. I like Powell River. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind, like, what, the regional district's Cathet? You know, yeah. They changed the name of the hospital. That's a private entity. They can do whatever they want, yeah. right? You know, that's cool. We can change the name of some streets, maybe, you know, or areas. I like Powell River. Powell River's pretty cool. I like that because it's the mill. It's the history. It's what started this colonization here and it's not like we're all that bad you know we got medicine here food roads we did a lot of good here education right sure there's history of crappy people but there's crappy people in every single culture on this planet <laughs> that's there's, for sure you know there's a wide spectrum of people right so let's not focus on the super crappy and the super awesome there's a whole like most of them in the middle yeah right and we're just doing the best we can we really are and that's in every culture I'm all for culture. I'm all for people doing their thing, right? Yeah. Do your thing, right? I'm all for it. I'm not racist, biased, sexist, none of that. I'm good for it. However, there's respect involved. There's perspective involved, right? I know people have had to fight for things. I get it. Because yeah. it's been a pretty crappy world for the last 100,000 years, okay? <laughs> this isn't new. You know, yeah. we've had this throughout history. Like, look back in history. It's been horrible. You know, 300 years ago, people had swords, not guns. They'd chop you up. Yeah. Right? And just shoot you. Now it's a very economically based society. Like, our whole world's economically based. Yeah. Everything is about money. Every little thing. And it's a disease. It's a sickness. And we're all sick with it. Every single one of us. All of us. There's a lot of us that are trying our hardest to see through that. To do things with compassion and empathy and joy in their heart without asking for any kind of penance for doing it. Just right. to do it. Yeah. Right? I'm one of those people. I like that. You know, I get questioned all the time. Why do you work for free? Because well, I like it. And it doesn't bother me. I'm fine. You know, I've had enough. So I think that's where it comes down to with the name change. It's just, where do we draw the line on stuff? Right? Okay. Yeah. 
Fair enough. I'm leave it there. Just drop that. All right. Drop it. We're going to talk about <laughs> anything else. Well, actually, now, because I'm out of questions, and you still have like seven minutes okay, left well, in your time. You can ask me anything that wasn't written down there. Something that may or have come up while we're talking. Or is there something you want to talk about that oh, we haven't covered? Something that I want to talk about that we haven't covered. Hmm. How do we connect our youth with our elderly? You know, that's a good thing. You know, one of the biggest things that I see is people don't want to do it because, well, I don't want to be bothered. Or, you know what, I just, I'm too lazy. Or I'm, I'm really stuck in the habit now, post-COVID, that it's easier for me to hit the remote or grab the phone or the screen. I don't go out. I don't socialize. I don't interact. You know, I, I just sit as an armchair quarterback. How do we actually connect people again? Yeah. I think that's super important. Like, there's a lot of people out in this community that are super connected. Like, mm-hmm. They're just great. Yeah. But there's so many that are not. You know, there's so many youth that have more friends in Brazil, Germany, and Taiwan online. And they don't even know who their neighbors are or anything. They're just terrified to talk to anybody in town. They don't know anybody. Yeah. Like, nobody. And then when they put the screen away, they're terrified. They're alone. How do we connect people again in this community? How do we get them out? Right. You know, that's important to me. I want to see that. I want to see, when I say community sustainability, I mean, we need to work together. We're acting as if we're, we're in the middle of the, the continent where we can just go in any direction. Yeah. You know, and we, of course we can, but we're not. We're on an isolated little piece of land here. Yeah. Like if those ferries stop or the power goes out, look around. Like yeah. We got to really focus on that. And I think in today's day and age, in the world that we have, in all of the information and misinformation that's out there and all the different perspectives and opinions and fears, there's got to be a place where we can actually come together. And it would, wouldn't it be great, you know, in some fantasy world where we can actually just have this little isolated community that really relies on each other. Yeah. You know, like a traditional community. You know, like a traditional community before the internet, before the ferries, before the roads. We actually live together. You know, we work together. We love each other. And when yeah. people die, they die. And it's okay, right? We're going to have somebody be born tomorrow. Like, bring the strength back within this community. I'm really for that. I'd like to see that. And we have, we have all the tools we need. We have so many people that are just driven by that. Yeah. Do you have yeah. ideas of how we can do that? Like, how do we? I'd like to put that out there. Hmm. Put that out there to the rest of the community that listen to this podcast like a brainstorm brainstorm think tank you know what can you do because i have ideas too but i don't really you know i'm all for just hey timeline you off boom outside like i'm more into forcing people into stuff to start with right you know here's you're accountable to this person you know i know that when we're accountable to something or someone to something for some desire we're gonna do it yeah you know is it is it the carrot or the stick <laughs> right? A lot of people like the carrot, but then they want to see a bigger carrot or a different color carrot. You yeah. Know? And everyone really respects the stick, but then the stick comes with a beating or a fine. And we don't want that. We're both. <laughs> We're both, right? So, how do we encourage it where it's like, this is good for you, improving it, that this is actually good? You know, the process of getting these people, like all of us, every single one of us, from five years old to 100 years old. We all need it. It's yeah. not just, we can't just say, well, the, the teenagers in our lives suck. You know, they don't do anything. <laughs> it's like, but you know, the thing is, the teenagers are, the teenagers these days are extremely polite. Yeah. They're kind. They're compassionate. They're full of empathy. And they're, they're very passionate about things. Yes. But they're not focused. They're, they're focused on a screen or something or, you know, not all of them, of course, right? There's, it's, I'm just throwing it out there. But how do we get that and focus that? You know, like a magnifying glass. 
Yeah. You know, there's a lot of bright, there's a lot of bright lights out here. How do we get that together? Get that going. I like that thinking. Yeah. Let's go that way. I wrote a thing. I'm going to leave it with this, I think. I was in some uh, relationship counseling, right? So sitting there, I was like, okay, I want you to write this down. Okay. Things I'm going to do to help us in our relationship. Okay. That's a pretty good line. You know, things I'm going to do to help us in our relationship. Yeah. Right? So from one perspective, it could be, well, I'm going to do the dishes and I'm going to be kinder and I'm going to kiss you more and I'm going to go for walks more and stuff like that. Yeah. And from the other perspective, it was, I am going to stop watching the screen time at night. I'm not taking my phone to bed. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to get up in the morning and get motivated early. I'm going to spend more time quiet. I'm going to go for walks. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to look at you and actually come up with something positive. You know, I'm going to take counseling on my own. I'm going to write lists that say, these are the things I really hate, but yet these are the things I really love. I mean, I'm going to get it out. And so the difference there is what am I going to do for our community, right? Or what am I going to do to make me a better person? So when I show up, I'm not dragging a bunch of crap with me. Yeah. That I'm more authentic, more here. And I think that's a big one for all of us, every single one, because it's sure we don't, you know, I'm going to do this to make you happy, but really what makes you happy? It's not really about me doing something for you to make you happy because I don't know how to make you happy. But if I make myself a better person, yeah, it's going to come naturally. Right. Good. There we go. Thank you. You're and welcome. we're right at time. So nice. Thank you so much for coming and doing your first ever podcast. <laughs> I know. It's great. Thank you. <laughs> And that concludes today's episode of Coastal Currents with Aaron Reed, featuring Mr. Luke Hollabuck, candidate for the position of counselor with the City of Powell River. Please join me for my next episode, which will cover Mr. Robin Murray, who is also running for counselor for the City of Powell River. Until next time, this is Aaron Reed. Thank you for listening to Coastal Currents with Aaron Reed. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. For more interviews, visit coastalcurrents.ca. Or follow us on Facebook at Coastal Currents with Aaron Reed. Thanks again for listening.